Welcome to another Carrying Wayward mini-sode of Quick Fix, where I, Drew Shulman, invite a guest on the show to pick a quick fanfic episode of Supernatural based on a monster of the week of the guest's choosing. Today, my guest is Niall Spain. He is the co-host of the award-winning sex and dating advice podcast, Fuck Buddies, and the award-nominated actual play podcast, No Quest for the Wicked, where he plays Cody, an android with memory issues, and a penchant for punching things. Niall, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, man, this this was one of those things where, like, when I started, like, conceptualizing this show, and I was like, hey, I'll reach out to Audra because I know she's a huge mythology nut and this will be really fun. And, like, I know she watches. And then it was, like, that went well. And I was like, hmm, how many other people can I bother with this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like writing. And I like you. And I like Supernatural. So this is perfect. <laughs> all all the great flavors. Just need Chemical X and we have the Powerpuff Girls. Exactly. And I like the podcast. So it's, it's just, it couldn't be better. Exactly. And you know what? Like, I've been listening to your show. Um, actually, I feel super embarrassed. I'm just going to tell people now. I only know about one of your shows. Um, and sitting here, I have downloaded the other. Uh, but no quest cast. I know I've like retweeted, I've shared, I have been such a fan of. Um, you introduced it to me literally live as you were my server in a restaurant. Yeah, that's the and funny thing. I... <laughs> it's like I I don't know if it's a supernatural exclusive thing, but I have a lot of like friends or like friendships that started through supernatural that became like really strong and like have a lot of merit. Like, one of my best friends back home, we became best friends because literally we worked together. We were in a group of, like, 20 people from work going to get beer to go to a house party. I'd never talked to this guy before. And he just said something like, oh, you know what show? I just started watching to someone. And I had just started watching Supernatural. So I said, ah, Supernatural? And he was like, how did you know? <laughs> and now it's like, we've been best friends for, like, a decade and, like, when you came into the bar, like, you were just Sean compared to everybody else there. Like, you made my day better. And, like, <laughs> it was just wonderful. And, like, we were chatting and it was weird because it felt like I knew you. And everything went well. And then, like, that's, I think, why we got talking. Because usually I, I wouldn't tell people about podcasting or anything like that. And I don't even know how it got mentioned. But yeah, I was I like... how we got into it, though. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think... But, yeah, it's it's one of those skills I've had to learn, which is, like, I... So, our show recently released our first piece of merch, the pin. Okay. Nice. Uh, so, I've been at the post office quite often. So, I kind of wear one now when I go to the post office to, like, show what I'm sending. Mm -hmm. This is, and, like, like the, the car grill, right? Yeah. It looks and so it good. Worked. I had a girl recognize it, and I, like, sold her a pin on the spot, and she, like, downloaded the show. And then the woman behind me goes, like, sorry, are you a podcaster? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes would you ever consider coming in to speak to my like elementary school class to talk about like the future of technology and jobs? And I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. You sure you want a college dropout talking to your students? <laughs> <laughs> this might backfire. Who's doing very successfully in the podcasting world. So there you go. I mean, it, it does, it does feel good to know I'm doing well. And like, again, it's, it's every once in a while when we kind of get like a, a new fan or a new listener. And I have to have like that double take of like, Oh man, like we have fans, like people like our show. Yeah, you know, it's, even, it's kind yeah. of a, like, the imposter syndrome is strong when that happens. Yeah, I try not to let it hit me. I try to really, like, you know what, take pride in what I do. I love talking about it. I love talking about the show and mm -hmm. what it means and, like, the connections it helped me make. And 
I mean, you're a great example of that. Like, we've built this friendship through being podcasters and listening to other shows. Yeah, it was wild. It was just like, I'm recording a podcast later. Me too. What's yours on? It was like, <laughs> oh, an actual play. I love actual plays. I'm doing Supernatural. I was like, I fucking love Supernatural. So, yeah, it's... Like, that just... That just... It was, it was so, like... It's like, it felt like the kind of thing you would see on like a shitty sitcom TV show. 100%. And like, I was <laughs> buzzing the... like the whole rest of the day. I was like telling people I work with and they were like, this seems weird. I'm like, no, it's great. They're like, that seems fake. I'm like, it happened. I promise. He was I don't right know there. if I ever repeated. So we obviously, we ended up, uh, so when I had come down to uh, to that restaurant you worked in, or still, still working, I had come back a few weeks later and you weren't there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I like got, we got seated at the exact same table. I shit you not. <laughs> Uh, and the girl who was serving us then, I don't know what I had said or what we did. Oh, no, I think I made a comment of like, oh, same table as last time. She goes, oh, are you the podcaster Niall's been talking about? And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> Recognized in public as a podcaster? I swear My wife had I'm a cool. Family. I'm cool and I didn't gush, <laughs> all right? <laughs> hey, doesn't matter. I gush about you all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> well, thank you. We, we literally started this call gushing about another podcast I want you to go uh, listen to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also love that our preamble took like 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's every one of these things. Like, I have learned as a podcaster now who gets to, like, meet other podcasters and do pre-show, uh, you have to budget so much time for just, like, shooting the shit and catching up. And, like, a lot of them, too, will even happen post-show, I warn you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have kept going. <laughs> oh, yeah. We will... Something will come up in this episode. We won't talk about it. But then we'll be like, oh, my God, we have to talk about this. And we'll be here till, like, 2 a.m. Um <laughs> And again, we have a time difference, so my 2 a.m. is your 1 a.m., so... True. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, for those who might be their first time listening to a quick fic, yeah, again, this is only the second one, what we are essentially going to do is I have asked Niall here to uh, select a monster of the week or something for the brothers to face from Supernatural, uh, and we're going to kind of um, back and forth, chat about it a bit, come up with some ideas, and try to build, like, a fake bottle episode, per se, uh, where the brothers... And at this point, I feel like Cass is integral enough to my watching that we can include him as well if you want to. So I guess question one is, what are we facing and why'd you choose whatever it is you choose? Okay. Uh, so I had, like, I love this idea so much that when you pitched it, it crushed me to the ground with possibilities. Uh, <laughs> because I want to pick everything. I want to just do this <laughs> all the time. I want to be like, this one, this one, this one. Uh, hey, just means we can do more episodes. Yeah. And the funny thing is, it's like, this is exactly what I love because I love supernatural, monsters, mythology, writing, you name it. And yet I found it very difficult. So I was like, you know what? I wanted to do something that hadn't been done, even though it also kind of has been done. But we'll get to that. Um, oh. And I wanted to do something that like I could speak to kind of either way. I chose an Irish monster. I'm from Ireland. I moved here about 10 years ago. And I, I feel like it's it, they're they're underrepresented as a whole. Oh, I agree 100%. Uh, some of my favorite uh, folklore creatures are uh, primarily Scottish and Irish. So I'm mm-hmm. very excited to see which one you've gone with and if it's what I know. Okay, well, do you know the Avartok? I do not know the Avartok. Please, what, what, who is the Avartok? So the good, well, the bad thing about the Avartok is it is kind of just a vampire. You know what? Every every culture needs their vampire story, but it's always what they do with it that makes it special. Yeah, so it is vampire adjacent. The reason I chose it is because, one, it's Irish. Two, it has a very interesting way that you kill it, which oh. I think is is one of the more fun things. You know what I mean? I think how the brothers solve the monster is such so key that, like, that drew mm-hmm. me to it. 
Um, and I also know that it is a big deal because it is apparently the real inspiration for Dracula. Because Bram Stoker, an really? Irish guy, did write Dracula. And a lot of it was thought to have been based on Vlad the Impaler. But in later days, people who've like examined his notes and you know gone through his stuff have claimed that he hasn't ever kind of... No link has been made that way, but he has been known hmm. to have talked about this legend of the Avarta. Uh, wait, Bram Stoker was Irish? Yeah. How did I never know that? I don't know. It feels like one of those things you would just like... Especially like how much I've like... like I've, I've read the original Dracula. I love the original movie. I know so much about like the origins of Dracula. Like the Vlad the Impaler thing is a classic, but... That that is a really cool new thing to learn. I I love that I got to learn something that cool and new. Yeah, Ooh, thank he's, you. He's one of our he's one of our like big exports. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also funny because I think much like how Irish mythology like slips under the radar, I think a lot of people like Dracula is so he's just his own thing that you rarely think of where mm-hmm. he came from. But you know he came from well, Transylvania. But well, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's that's okay. What I want so to we have we have an Irish vampire. Do they have any like? particular like things that make them stand out like i know in um i think it's in chinese mythology they like they're like bound so they hop is a weird thing i know in some cultures um the vampires have an issue with water Mm -hmm. Uh, anything special for the irish our irish uh, fellow here so there are no weaknesses other than having a very specific way in which they are killed which we can get into right now if you want I, I need to. I need to know what is the specific way. How weird can this get? Okay, so they need to be killed by a sword made of you. They need to be buried upside down, which I thought was very fun. And need to be surrounded. <laughs> the grave needs to be surrounded by thorns, and a large stone needs to be placed on top. Okay, my biggest question is when they say upside down, do they mean like face down or like physically head pointed down, feet pointed up? Because that that is much funnier. <laughs> is it absolutely terrible that i never considered that and just fully thought of them like vertically like head down yeah. like feet in the air that's exactly yeah, how i was like 100 percent. like i don't think if you told me like i'm burying this person upside down would my mind go like you're just their face down in their coffin that's weird no upside down to me is they're upside down from the way they're supposed to be standing yes which is... okay because that's exactly where okay, i thought yes. which again like <laughs> And to skip forward, I can 100%, and it's part of the legend that he, he gets killed and comes back. And, like, you know, the great hero thinks they're done with, and then they return. And I can fully see Dean burying him the wrong way, and Sam being like, oh upside down, you know? Oh, I could so see this being that kind of, like, almost that kind of funnier episode where it's like, they keep thinking they've beat it, and then it comes back, and they're like, is that the same one? <laughs> and it's like oh, no, we have to do this. And they keep doing, like, one more thing, mm-hmm. but, like, missing something. And then finally it's, like, them sitting there in, like, the cemetery being, like, okay, we have the thorns. Yes. The ro- is the rock big enough? I don't know. <laughs> he was, like, roughly five foot something, so the hole's, like, seven feet. Is that going to be enough? You know, it's a little crooked because of the, the roots, like, literally there with a the checklist, like, almost, like, bored and monotonous. Oh, I love this. Yeah. So, I... There is one thing also that is kind of linked to it, which I don't know if, like... I want to include in the episode. So a Vortuck is the name of this monster, but it also comes from the Irish word for like dwarf. And apparently oh. the Avartuk itself was meant to be quite short. But in Irish mythology, a lot of like the heroes are tall and fair and like villains can be like short. And I feel like that's just not necessary. Yeah, I feel like there, there's a lot of like weird, like older fairy tales have these things where it's like these weird little tropes that come up that mm-hmm. like just sort of seem to be like, like 
unnecessarily or like accidentally kind of like a negative perception of a thing or a people. Yeah. So like I'd be cool dropping that. I'd be cool with it like looking more like a traditional mm-hmm. vampire and like they just can't figure out why it's not acting like mm-hmm. one. I could even have it to be a funny moment where like Dean finally founds it or, or Sam and they're like, I thought you were meant to be short and it's like seven foot tall or something, right? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so oh, I do love that. Like play play against the, the the stereotype. Yes. Yeah. Extra points. Okay. So so usually what I like to go do next then is I I think we kind of already touched on it a bit. So would this monster kind of pose more of a threat or more of like a challenge for Sam or Dean or kind of like an equal footing thing? So I probably dove way too deep into this and like have a have a full episode, which I know I probably yes, should have kept it yes. more more malleable. And I'm totally down to we'll trade. I can just... No, that's it. If the, the more ideas you have, the more we can bounce back and forth and, like, pitch new things mm-hmm. or see what already you already have. Like, I'm excited. I like this. Okay, so my idea is, like, the monster's the challenge. But I feel like usually the real challenge is the stuff around the monster, you know? Mm-hmm. So in this, I want Sam and Dean to be challenged equally in opposite ways. Um, and I think you and Audra talked about it before, where it's, like, the kind of the fish out of water, like, stuff is, is where it really thrives, the show. Yeah. Uh, so in my head, they were investigating a death or a series of deaths that are obviously suspicious, seem vampire-like, at a newsworthy protest at, like, let's say a, like, a developer is trying to come in and clear an area of woodland that has yew trees, and oh. a local university, either, like, forestry, botany students are protesting it, and in the midst of this protest... There's deaths. So on one side, you have, like, the construction company. On another side, you have, like, the university students. There are people dying. And I think Dean is very sometimes typically toxic in his masculine views and would probably think that the college students are, like, hippies and whatever. And, like, mm-hmm. also because of... I think this would be season one or two. So, like, Sam having been in university would be fresh. And you know the way he was always kind of a bit weird about that. Yeah, he's still very, like, pro-students. Yeah, so I think Sam would be pro-students. Dean would be pro-construction crew, the working man, you know? Um, oh, yeah, like, you go and get a beer with them kind of thing after, like, doing some research. Exactly. So I think initially oh. the plan is that they divide and conquer. Sam goes to the university students. Dean goes to the construction workers. But Sam realizes an old companion or teacher or somebody of his from university is now in this new university so he can't do it so they have to swap oh dude i love that very fish out of water very good setup oh man and you like audra did it too you 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 both put so much thought into this more than i anticipated but i love that because i thrive on other people's like knowledge to like like build well, it's funny because I was like, I was talking to my partner and I was like, I'm really excited about this. I don't really know what to do. And I was like, I could do this. But maybe this happens and then this. And I was like, oh, nothing. She, she was like, that that's a whole thing right there. I was like, what? She was like, you just did so many things. Like, <laughs> I was like, I guess. Oh, you gotta, you know, we gotta love our partners. They're so good at making us realize how smart we can be sometimes. Yeah, yeah. How stupid we are sometimes about having been smart yeah. about the thing, maybe. Okay, so we have we have our monster of the week. We have our fish out of water story. Where they have to change places. Oh man! And like, I could totally see the other thing too. Where like, like again, the kind of TV tropishness of it. Of like, though Dean thinks they're all hippies, he realizes like, oh, they brew their own beer. This stuff's really good. 100%. Like they know how to party. Like 100%. they have a good time. They're not just nerds. And then like, 
Sam who like, oh, I don't want to deal with these like redneck guys. Like, oh, it's a room full of deans. Mm-hmm. And then like, it's like, okay, guys, shift's over. Let's go to the bar. And they end up going to like a really nice bar. And mm-hmm. they're like reading with each other and like playing like, like trivia. And he's like, oh, like they're not just rednecks. Like they both kind of get yeah. the fish out of water story that way. And I feel like in Aww. both ways, there's like all these tie-ins to hunting that they would respect. So like, you know, if you're a botany student or like, a you know, forestry, like there's mm-hmm. like as a university student, there's like a level of like knowledge and commitment. And, you know, yeah. obviously Dean has that just about weapons and monsters, you know, or cars. Uh, I also want to have a scene in there where, like, at one point, maybe when they're making this sword of you, he finds, like, you know, the woodworking lab, and it's, like, beautiful. And it's, like, everything, like, because they always have to deal with, like, shitty tools in the back of the car or, like, you know, wherever they can get. So he's, like, oh, my God, like, the facilities are great, you know? Oh, I can so see that, too. Like that, like, You can see that moment where, like, the door opens and it's on Dean's face and his eyes just widen. It's, like, all this, like pristine beautiful well-kept equipment and it's like they're like yeah we, we we only use natural resources when it comes to building our stuff and like all of our like equipment and like our you know like all of our protest signs and like the deck we were drinking on was all built by us mm-hmm. from like responsibly harvested trees because we get it yeah 100 uh, and meanwhile like sam realizes that like you know the workers don't necessarily support the cause of cutting down the trees right like they're not in charge yeah right they just need to get a paycheck and like you meet like one of their daughters like trying to go through school it's one of the kids who's actually in the program and also maybe meanwhile the villain itself is the rich person bankrolling the construction because one they want to get rid of yew trees because that poses a threat for them and two they're an evil rich creature because capitalism is the real foe (laughs) oh two faces i love it Oh, that is, and then then finally that actual kill becomes much more satisfying. You're not 100%. just you're you're ending this whole feud and you're ending the creature. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. And I think that actually covers the next thing I usually like to bring up is what is the audience going to learn? And I think it's learning that there's like people are multifaceted yeah. and you can find bonds with people you wouldn't have normally expected. Because mm-hmm. I think like the boys are going to learn to like think about their own preconceptions with regards to other people, but also specifically learn things about each other. You know what I mean? Cause I think mm-hmm. this could help Dean come to terms with why Sam went to university because I, I don't know if that ever like happened really, like, or at least yeah. overtly, you know what I mean? Like, I think it would have been a very nice moment if he just got it, you know? Yeah. Like, like understanding the like, Oh, I get why someone would go to a school like this to like meet like-minded people mm-hmm. to like learn like, I can see that, and I can also see the other side of, like, you know, Sam understanding Dean a bit more. Of Like, yeah, it can be hard to have to do a job that you didn't choose, per se, 100%. but though you became good at it, there's that balance of, like, well, I'm good at it, but I don't love it. Do I keep doing it? Yeah, 100%. Mm. That, that, this is a really solid episode concept. I'm really impressed. We should, like, pitch it. We'll see if they can retroactively throw oh, it yeah, in the show. <laughs> <laughs> there was another show I guessed it on that we had a recurring joke where I kept saying, like, me and this other guy would like eventually write the next season of supernatural and like try to fix all the mistakes and make it not not racist and not sexist mm-hmm. so like this is just basically fueling my secret reboot to to supernatural down the road 100% just call it like preternatural <laughs> have like bat <laughs> damn and scene <laughs> oh and we oh we actually we had a thing a while ago we actually we on that uh episode we discussed like fan casting to replace sam and dean and we had like uh, we had like Zendaya as one of them as like the Dean character. Okay. 
Like, give, give us a black woman who's, like, strong and independent. You know, I almost said I couldn't do it without Jensen Ackles, and then you said Zendaya before I could speak, and I was like, that would be fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. And again, like, I, I, I will admit fully, I am, I am a Dean girl. Oh, like, I'm I such a Dean girl. Dean. Yeah, I think, I think I'm learning, too, with this podcast, is, like, while Supernatural fandom can be, like, splintered a little bit... Mm-hmm. We've really found our niche in the Dean Girls. Um, but I'm also a slut for Cass. I'm just going to say it. Oh, my God. My listeners know. Yeah. So when I say Dean Girl, I'm just talking about the Sam Dean divide. Cass is amazing. Yeah. And that's like my only thing I hate about the episode I'm pitching is that I think it's too early for Cass. Yeah, I can see that. I would love Cass was, to be there because yeah. Cass. I think that's also the funny thing, too, is when I like pitched the show was before I really got to know Cass as a character. Mm-hmm. And it was only, like, mid-season five that I'm now kind of realizing, like, oh, this is no longer a two-man lead show. No. It's a three-man show. And it's, like... Like, Cass is now, like, equal billing with them. Just, sorry, just a small aside that has nothing to do with what we're talking about other than the episode. <laughs> do it. <laughs> uh, I do, and I don't know why I'm saying this, because it's not even that important. I want to have, a, like, a thing where they start off being like, oh, it's a vampire. And they go, they find, like, the perfect vampire nest, and they go in, and they're all already dead. Because when the Avartok moves in, it like takes out the competition, which I do like that. sets it up as even scarier. I do like that. It's a good way to build an episode. Mm-hmm. And again, like I, I can see, like I feel like it's become like I joked about it multiple times. How it's like they're like any time they are confident in what the thing is and they kill it, it never works. Yeah. Like I literally remember, I think it was like episode twelve in the first season or something. They finally actually like burn the bones and it works for for once. Yeah. Um. But it's like they burn the bones every other week and it never bloody works. Yeah. So the idea of them like treating it like a vampire and thinking they've beaten it finally only for the next day to be like, what do you mean your boss like called and like said he was doubling your pay to get the job done? Like I thought there was a break in at his house and he was like murdered. And yeah. it's like, no, there was the break in and it looked terrible, but he was totally fine. The old dude's so spry and it's like. And, like, you can even then go, like, into both, like, sides of, like, the students, like, you know, their connection to the nature stuff, knowing about the yew tree and its legends, and, like, that brings something up. And then the construction workers, like, you know, have a penchant for, like, old folklore stories that they're swapping, and then they bring it up, and it's like, well, they said do this, and they said do that. It's like, what if we do both? Literally, the peanut butter and chocolate come together. Yeah, I'm also thinking there's probably going to be a side character, or, like, a pretty important character from both sides, if not multiple uh, maybe mm-hmm. they end up working together at the end and deciding to refuse. Oh yeah, to do this like thing. I, I. Oh, there you go. Yeah, or like or like, even, even just like, like working together to kill the thing because I feel like much like uh, fuck, what's it called no exit. Um, the, yeah, the episode with with Joe and the like apartment mm-hmm. building and H H Holmes where they like concrete him in at the end. Yeah, I feel like that's a more realistic version of the Boulder. Yeah, I kind of see like, almost modernizing it, like you know, like getting him stuck, like in it, it, within his own office building or something. Like, oh, that would be cool. Like, mansion or something. That would be cool. I was so thinking forever he is just trapped in the mansion under upside down, buried. Yeah, and like the thorn bushes around the mansion are already the right kind they can work mm-hmm. with. Yeah, I was thinking like just propagating some new thorns, getting the construction worker to pour the concrete. The botany yes. forestry students have the. The know-how they've already used made their sword from the the woodworking department, um, mm. but I also think there definitely has to be that moment where, uh, like Dean has buried him, and Sam's like, "You buried him upside down, right?" You're like, "What?" 
<laughs> as they drive away, maybe. <laughs> and I know you just like. Just... Sorry, what were you saying? No, I was just saying, like, the, what do you mean upside down? And then, like, literally cut to like a few hours later, and it's like all the rubble around the new concrete port, and it's like. Yeah. You gotta tell me these things are earlier, Sammy. Yeah. Or even if, like, how we weren't sure, one of them puts him face down, and the other, maybe that's an argument they have, where it's like, upside yeah. down means face like, down. What what qualifies as upside down? And, like, Sam being like, well, mathematically, like, you bury a body this way, so upside down would be, and then Dean be like, no one on Earth ever thinks this means upside yeah. down. <laughs> I, I love oh. that, actually. And that's, I, that is- I'm kicking myself that I didn't even think about that, but... You nailed it. But that's the fun part of this. We get to get these little fun ideas. Yeah. Uh, so as we come towards the end, I always like to ask, because I think it's fun. Uh, and like you said, we couldn't get Misha or cast per se in this. But are there any actors you would love to get guest starring? I think we had a few ideas. Like, I think we had mentioned the idea of, like, some of the other students or another, like, construction worker. Or even to play the monster. Hmm. I didn't think in terms of... I, I don't know. The thing I did want to put in, and I think it's changed yeah. now depending on how we, on when the death happens of the creature. Because I think, like, the way we've done it, there could be a death midway where they just get killed mm-hmm. like a normal vampire. It doesn't work. Yeah. Then maybe a death at the end, but they use the wrong upside down. And my idea for that, because I do love the, like, B-plot of the, like, the police on their tail. So mm-hmm. I think maybe as they're driving away from this, like, construction site or whatever, the police arrive, they're getting away, but then they realize that, like, it's the wrong upside down or something. So they have to go back oh, while so the have police to go are back. So I don't know if it's too early for Agent Hendricks, because I just loved that plot, and I liked... Oh, yeah. I liked having more of we... the, the FBI and the police involved, um, or maybe it's a different... Again, there's, you know, there's not enough women, there's not enough people of color, so, like... Maybe a new a new cop. I don't know, but yeah, no, I'm I'm on board with that. Get Zendaya in as a cop. Get, oh my go. god, Officer Zendaya. Like fuck yes. we've ah, uh, we wish. <laughs> I wish. Um, Dream. What about you? Any ideas for? Oh, I. You know what? I always kind of think of like what would be a really like weird, out of place actor to put in these things, and I just feel like if I picture an old like creepy vampire who's kind of like maniacal and like evil but just for the sake of being evil like kills other vampires mm-hmm. and is like trying to tear down a forest to protect himself do you do you not just see willem dafoe okay you know what's so fucking funny <laughs> you were mentioned you were talking about this and i was like oh my god willem dafoe would be great while you were saying that <laughs> so have you ever that's se- it have you ever seen the movie streets of fire i have not so it it has if you want to talk about problematic movies, there are a lot. It, it was in, made in the late 70s. It's an action movie mm. by Walter Hill. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of fucked up shit. It's a good... It's a... It's. I like the movie. It's, it's a weird thing. It's like a rock and roll fable is how <laughs> they, you know... That is, that is a genre of film we need more of, I've decided. Yeah, and I like Walter Hill, and there's a lot of good stuff in it. There's also a lot of bad stuff. I just want to get that out there. I'm not defending the bad stuff. Yeah, in the yeah, movie. no, no. Um, I, I think, you know what, I like even just to tag on to that, I, something I have said is, like, you know what, it's, it, while a movie may have problematic moments, I don't think that takes away from the movie. Yeah. It just means we can have a conversation about it. Exactly. And, like, it was in the 70s, which, again, is not an excuse, but it, we can all assume there's going to be problematic shit anyway. Yeah, um, and at least we can discuss them. I really like a lot about that movie. Cody is based on a lot of, who is my character from No Quest and the Wicked, is based on a lot of very cheesy 70s, 80s action movies. And one of them is this. And Willem Dafoe plays the villain who is a evil biker who 
like wears leather or sorry, pleather dungarees and nothing else. <laughs> I need to go look up an image of this later. I'm so dead. Yeah, I feel like I gotta oh. send one to you. And like a young Willem Dafoe too, because that's I mean, also Willem Dafoe, I feel like has always been as old as he is. Yeah. I, I feel like I've seen I've seen people like jokingly like draw cartoons of Willem Dafoe and he looks the exact same. Yeah. I think I gotta send you this picture right now. Hold on. Do it. Send me a picture. We need a live reaction of uh, Willem Dafoe and Dungarees. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know if I just didn't know what Dungarees were. Like, in my mind, they were like... I think in my mind, I had like, um... Like, leather biker pants. Like, the really tight chaps almost. But this is like fishing overalls. Yeah, maybe that. No, yeah, <laughs> I think description. It's... This is like picture picture that old man like standing waist deep in the water fishing. Yeah, those are like, like waders, I guess. Right, waders. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's oh, man, and that's, that's that's it. He's wearing just that. The straps cover his that, nipples. That is the exact. That is the exact image of him crawling out of his grave the first time. Right? I would fucking love of Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe was in here. Zendaya's a cop. Oh, I love it. We have our episode. Oh my God. Yes. I love it. <laughs> oh, wow. I think that is a great episode. I am still, I'm still crying over that photo. That killed me. Oh, I'm just going to send that to the rest of the, the rest of the crew being like, <laughs> no context for the rest of the episode, but here's this. Figure it out from there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, okay, there's, oh. he's walking through fire. Pla- That's the thing. I don't even think it's leather. It looks like pleather. If, if you are a member of the Discord, I will be putting this on the Discord, like, sooner rather than later, probably, and probably tweeting it out at Mary, just to, like, confuse her. So, like, if you're listening to this whenever this does get released, and you're like, why did he post a picture of Willem Dafoe in Waiters in Fire? You now have that context. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, as we're wrapping up here now, do you have anything you want to plug? I, I mean, obviously your shows, um, Fuck Buddies, which I'm, as, as far as I know, available everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, as well as No Quest for the Wicked. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, we won a Sex and Dating Advice podcast. We are positive and inclusive and award-winning, and we answer all and every audience question that comes our way. Um, and No Quest for the Wicked is a actual play Starfinder podcast, so essentially like D&D in space. Uh, and we kind of feel like Firefly, Guardians of the Galaxy. We have fun. yeah. You you have that's I think that's a really great description. You have like the best parts of both. You have the Guardian of the Galaxy without like the douchiness that Chris Pratt kind of brings to it a little he bit. He's a bit of a douche. <laughs> like, he is a bit of a douche. Yeah. Like, but you have like the fun, you have like Cody's ability to like not always know what's going on and kind of be like the fish out of water. Uh Merrick's sort of like very serious tone, but just when things get funny. Mm-hmm. And then like just during the entire fucking arc on surf with durin <laughs> with the with with the with the, the ugly rat baby yeah yeah oh my god i have never laughed so hard that was like i wanted that on a shirt i want ugly rat baby merch i you know what we've been trying to get it going and Durin like or terry they're the same person <laughs> true the form is like no and we're like yes and he's like no oh, the, the amount of things like this is the worst habit i have listening to podcasts especially like you guys and the adventure zone, I think are my two biggest culprits is I'll write things down that I hear when I have a chance <laughs> with the thought of like, I want to draw this or sketch this or make a design out of this. And then I forget the context. So I just have like notes on my phone of like, why do I have a note that just says skeleton heaven? 
Yeah. You're Wait, like, wh- what show is this from and why? What is Ugly Rat Baby Acknowledgement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Oh my God. Well, thank you. Thank you so, so much for doing this with me and for being so good and coming so prepared and. No, thank just uh, thank you for having me on. This has been great. You are great. Your podcast is great, and this has been an honor, honestly. You've been listening to a Carrying Wayward Minisode. We hope you enjoyed, and please let us know what you thought on Twitter, Instagram, Hive, YouTube, or TikTok using at Carrying Wayward. And until next time, carry on our wayward friends. <laughs>